And now, Hangar 56 Media presents Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Tell you why I'm playing this song because uh, it, it's uh, it's a weird memory I have. I was in the uh, ninth grade. It was about the first week of the ninth grade, and we were all brought to the auditorium, the entire ninth grade, and introduced to the new drama teachers. Uh, and then they very quickly said, "We're putting on a play." Hear this song right here. We're going to put a play on. You ninth graders are going to be part of it. And I don't know if you remember ninth grade. Ninth grade, there was a lot of abuse. <laughs> And the idea of getting up on stage in front of the entire school, really a horrible idea. And the teacher said, we need to find people to be in this play. And they played this song, Where Do I Go, on the piano. And they said, who out there would like to sing this song? And every kid sank down in their seats and something uh, inexplicable happened. I raised my hand. And they said, "You uh, come up here. What's your name? I said, Michael Ferriston. And I walked along the side of the stage and I stood up on the stage next to the piano and in my head I was going, what am I doing here? I have no singing experience. I'd only been, as you know, singing in the church choir and uh, even that wasn't going well because I brought my electric guitar in and was doing Jimi Hendrix solos for the church songs and got in trouble with the priest. And, uh, and he starts playing the song and I sang it. This song right here. Where do I go? And I sang the entire song. The song ended and it was dead silent. And then there was a lot of applause. Everybody started applauding and the drama teacher said, you are our male lead. Do you want to be the male lead? And I looked out and I said, I do. I didn't know what a male lead was. I thought I would be leading people to their seats, but I said, I'll be the male lead. Joyce Grippen came and sang a song, and she said, you're the female lead. And I said, this is great. I love Joyce. She and I are going to move furniture around this set. We're going to have a good time. And after everybody left, the teacher said, uh, we'll see you Saturday for rehearsals. And I said, for what? They go, you're the star of the play. <laughs> what, what play? I hadn't even been listening. Razzle Dazzle is the name of the play, and you're the star. You have seven songs to sing, and we'll see you Saturday morning. What a schmuck is Zuckerman is saying here. These guys are down. Well, I sang that song. Um, I did that play. I don't remember any of it. And thank God there aren't video cameras and weren't back then because in my mind, I, I remember it as I was Kristen Chenoweth. I was up there just belting this song out like a Broadway star. But I guarantee you it was bad. Um, but it, w it went so well. They sent us to this uh, they sent us to the local uh, drama competition very soon after. And we went there to compete against other schools, and we on a Saturday we performed, and it, probably the best performance we've ever had, and walked off stage, and this girl from another school came right up to me, put her finger in my face, and she goes, you think you're so great. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what? 
You think you're so great and I know it. She walked away and I went, fuck this. <laughs> it was like, it was like those Rebel Wilson pitch perfect movies. I, was like, I, I don't want this. I know how to handle that on a baseball field. I don't know what just happened to me, but I am done with drama. What a great introduction to show business you had. <laughs> and now she's All 57. the elements in one tight package. That's what you had. You said yes to a job you, did, you didn't understand. You did it poorly. People loved it. And yet you were humiliated in the end. <laughs> you think you're so great. That story had it all. And that's how I learned show business. And that's it. That's it. That's, that's why. I don't know why I continued on with show business after that, but I did different things. There's nothing left to experience. <laughs> anyway, that's Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Uh, so happy to have you back, Jerry and Zuckerman here. We're at Baldwin Hills. It's uh, Saturday night. We just had some pizza. I'm going to light up a cigar. Well, gonna... people would love if they could listen to the show on Saturday night, because that's when they're really looking for something. Right. By the way, no big secret. Why do you think SNL has been around 50 years? It's Saturday night. Everyone's sitting around bored, and they're going to do this show from New York live. So, I don't know. Let's Why did we it. drop on Wednesday, Ferriston? Why do we? I think it's just habit. We started at Podcast One. That was the day. I don't know. We can do it whenever we want. But are people really listening to a podcast on Saturday night? I don't think so. No. I, 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 you know, they, they send us all the pictures of the Spikes Car Radio on their, uh, you know, CarPlay interface or whatever. Yeah, they like on it the on air- the commute. Yeah, they like it on the commute. I like it on the commute. So Spike ordered us pizzas. <laughs> Uh, we had a, pep- a big pepperoni pizza, and we also had my favorite, the green pepper and onion pizza, and he brought fine Cuban cigars. I mean, we really know how to live. We really do. We know the answer's not out there. No. It's in here. Oh, this is profound. <laughs> It's in the freezer. It's the ice cream sandwiches. Yes. And, and Zuckerman brought ice cream sandwiches. What you more? Did? Yes. Wow. You weren't listening. Yeah. We're going to have them after the show. All right. Well, we got a great show for you. We're going to talk about cards. Where should we start? I, I've got a list of things to talk about, but it seemed like before the show, you guys were jawing about something. I want to start with my drive today in my 85 930 slant nose. Mm. Do you still have yours? No, I, I know. I'm an idiot. These these 80s, 930s were built, I mean, so much to a, a high, much higher standard than the regular 911. And the slant nose, which has the, the much stronger, um, those, uh, what, do you, what do you call them? The um, rocker panels. The rockers, yeah, yeah, the rockers, the rockers. Uh, reinforced and the car is just a dream and the slant nose here's what I love about the slant nose because you have no you don't have the fender bulges the appearance of the front of the car is much smaller it, it really is the smallest feeling 911 in driving why are you doing this to me because you do this you, I didn't do it you do it to yourself and then you point out the mistake after well, the fact here's what you don't do right you don't, you should always, your first call before you buy or sell is me. Call me and tell me, here's what I'm going to do and why. You're calling your friends. 
Yeah, he can talk you out of some great investments. He's done it. It's good. It's right. good. Remember your Luso? The Luso, yes. Yeah. The IROC. What about me and the 918? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, 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 Simon the, Bar Sinister. <laughs> the 700, the 700 original Mile 70S yeah. that the we both passed Cape on. Fear. Yeah. <laughs> In the movie theater. <laughs> That scene, when we watched that, the other, one of the yeah, greatest so laughs of anyone ever did in a movie, De Niro and Max Cady. Max what a Cady. Movie. That movie is so weird now. Just it's Absolutely. such a small Robert weird Mitchell. movie. Yeah. yeah, and he's yeah. under the car at one point. Yeah, that's really a silly movie right now. I expect you to believe that this guy's a stalker. You should watch. They made that movie had a great twice. experience, and Spike drove the nine fourteen six GT. Oh, really? Found by Sam Cabilio, the same one, mm -hmm. in a holding area at the Alfa Romeo factory in Italy in the early 70s. And he inquired, why is that car here? I said, oh, they just bought it to study it. Would they consider selling it? And he bought it right out of, wow. right from and brought it to Southern California. And I bought it 20 years later. We had some car fun. We were at Bill's and then Patrick Long walked up wearing a t-shirt with a 914.6 GT on it. How crazy. It, that's the stupid stuff that really makes us happy. Yeah. But he uh, <laughs> he was bringing, I, I think, Bill, a Lufkakot book and uh, talking about a 912 that he had that he wanted maybe to sell to Bill, which was nice. And then uh, saying he would have Lufkakot news very soon for really? all of us. He didn't have any dates yet, but he said, you know, in this general vicinity, keep these weekends off. Very, uh, very secretive. But he's, now that he's retired, he's, he's, uh, He's focused on good car stuff. For How us. How old a guy is he? Patrick Long, 76. 40? Gotta be. He's, he's retired, yeah. I don't know. So why do they retire? <clears throat> I would think races could last longer with the modern fitness techniques. <laughs> Tom, if Tom Brady can keep, you know? Right. I would think they, or maybe they, do you think they, in the old days, these guys wanted to get out Alive. Alive, consider themselves lucky if they did pretty well. Let me get out while I have some chips still. Right. But uh, I would think today these guys would keep going. Well, we'll have to have them on and ask them. But yeah. It doesn't the young seem maybe like it's the, sport. the young guys start Who, beating yeah. you, maybe. Yeah. Who are the old racers? Where are the old racers? I mean, I think he'll always race. Yeah. He's just not going to race professionally. The Indy 500 guys lasted longer. They had longer careers. Well, they only, only go make three turns. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not even racing. That's nothing. Did That's you like, see uh, what's Chris Harris's uh, video on the 992 GT3 Touring that dropped a day or two ago? I did not watch it. It's kind of interesting. You know, everybody's kind of waiting. What he, what's he what's going to do? Right. Yeah. He said, I don't know if I'm, I'm not going to keep both. Will I keep the old one or the new one? And I thought for sure it would be the new one. What did he say in the video? I haven't seen he it. He didn't re reference that... Uh, that that statement. He Did just he, he just talked about the car. And he's it's impressive that he's quite critical about certain things. He really dislikes the seat. He dislikes that you can't get it with a back seat. He really wants a back seat. I'm with him. Yeah, but you can't do it because they have to then test because the front seat the the, the crash victims in the back seat will never survive hitting that front seat. I see. That's why they have no back seat. The crash victims in the back seat. In the back seat. Right. Will well, hit that front seat. That and die. The carbon bucket is not friendly <clears throat> right. to the rear seat. Well, touring. Right. What about touring seats? Yeah, I mean, man. the 18-way seats that we have. Right. But I've decided. You, you, you wouldn't survive that. He also said, 
Uh, noisy tires. Noisy tires. And you and I talked about, it's really uh, unflattering the way that uh, back panel comes up in the air, spoils the lines of the car. It looks like a plumber's ass. It, it just, I, I would never get the touring. Never. Wow, you've done a complete switcheroonie on us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you but, know you my know. theory, Zuckerman. There are six Jerry's. I don't know. Yes. This is Jerry's four, I think, that would say I'd never get says, a Tory. Call me for advice. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I just want the listeners to know. This is what happened with the 918. It was one day, buy it, and then the next week later, it's a, no, don't get it. It's, uh, it's horrible. I love that 918 scab. You just keep picking oh. at it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it's embarrassing to watch a, nine, uh, a GT3 Touring go down the road and your ass, and it's like your pants fall down in the back and everyone sees your ass. Get the wing, it's nice. And they don't, why, why don't they recalibrate, if they recalibrated it to make it more compliant for street driving, then I would say, okay, the Touring has some real advantages. But you get the same damn car, only with that horrible wing, it's not attractive. I love the it. 964 electric <laughs> wing looks good. This wing does not look good when it comes up. You don't watch the back of your car. No, you don't, but other but people do. But when I was do. behind you driving, it really was unappealing. It was? To see the back of the GT3. Oh, I want to see that. Yeah, it's really ugly. Well, I'll have a look. I could care less. I'm, in, I'm enjoying that car. Oh, Keep it's a great car. It. It's a great <laughs> car. By the time, with the economy, by the time we're able to sell that car, it'll be a 100,000 under sticker. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Well, we can't make that mistake again. Our, I think our GT4 RS comes uh, at Christmas. That's a great it's, it's a November build, so when does that deliver? Probably beginning of the year. Yeah, and that car is going to be spectacular. That'll be our little which are we going to keep. What, what did you drive this week that entertained you? Oh, God, I had such a great week. I drove the new, that 993 Cabriolet oh, 95 yeah. and it's the first time I had it on on the freeway I had the top down I had the boot cover installed right mm-hmm. um, at 100 miles an hour wow. on the freeway light fast but solid it was I had it it was one of those drives that made me indescribably happy right I was flying on this magic carpet. Wow. It was so fantastic. Wow. So I enjoyed that. I drove the, the low-mile 993 Turbo. Right. Always, always makes me mm-hmm. very, very happy. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with that car. I've got the 280 SL back. I saw it in the garage. Looks nice. Right. We were having trouble with the shifter. There were the wrong bushings in the shifter, which was making it very bulky, to drive right and we've got that straightened out that's nice and i don't know if i told you but that car which comes off seemingly a little bit light and rattly compared to a later 450 sl that iteration the later r107 when i get that 280 sl on the freeway the faster you go the more solid it feels wow there's something about the aerodynamics of that little 280 sl that at high the higher speed you go the more solid it feels on the road. And I could feel the heritage of the 300 SL in that 280 SL, that straight six engine. Blew my mind. What a pitch. This is, uh, now you're (laughs) coming for the clothes now. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. No, that sounds really nice. That car has a a vibe to it that's uh, so special. Um, 
Why don't you tell them a little bit? It's not just a regular 280SL. It's a, it's called a Standwagen. It's a show car. So it's got a code, code 975. Oh, Standwagen. You stand over there. <laughs> and, but it's it was a show car. I believe it was uh, in the Paris Auto Show of autumn of 1970. But the way Mercedes did those cars, if it was going to be a show car, and it was coded 975. I believe that's the code. Special preparation of body chassis wow and engine compartment and so you can see how beautiful that original paint still shines <laughs> like new everything wow. about that car it's incredible i i made a car move this week well let me do an ad before we hear that okay we got we're 16 minutes in here um lately you know i've been listening to the hair soundtrack and it's been great and one reason it's been great is because i use raycon wireless earbuds raycon everyday earbuds look feel and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit these earbuds are so comfortable they will not budge trust me you know i actually just got a bunch delivered to my house the fitness ones and uh I grabbed them up before the kids can get them just use them before i came over they work they're great they don't fall out of your ear, which I appreciate. And I just you, you take them out of the box, and they connect right to your phone. There's no fiddling around. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime, 32-hour battery life, and then you need to charge. Uh, it's super easy. You can even do it wirelessly. Uh, go to buyraycon.com slash spike911 today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash spike911 to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash spike911. Um, and now we have a link tree. One of the listeners made a link tree. Do you know what a link tree is? No. So you can stop bothering me for these codes. I'm going to put a link tree somewhere. I don't know where yet, but every sponsor, you can get all the codes on the link tree, and it's updated, and I'll have to remember to thank that person. Jerry, you bought a car? I bought a car this week. And this, oh, this you was didn't the, consult it, with us? Let me just back, I did. Let's, let me just back up, because this is something I wanted to ask you. Okay. You're, you're out here a lot. Yeah. We're working a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's fair to say that we're working, you know, hard five days, but working seven days a week, right? This is an old pattern of, you know, what, how has your car psychology changed? Like, are you feeling like back in the days of Seinfeld when there was no time to do anything except car stuff? Are you in that headspace? And did that headspace lead to this purchase? Probably, yes. When, when, when you're doing well, knock wood. May God bless. We should remain friends. And <laughs> the money's coming in. Usually when you're in that state that a lot of money is coming in, you have no time. When you have time, you don't have money coming in. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the one thing that you can do to at least make yourself feel like, what am I doing this for? Why am I working so hard? Is if you buy a car that you can't even use... <laughs> You feel like it's a reward. Yes. It's all, it's, 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 this is all, uh, what is it, self... Uh, See, you're just justifying your self-indulgence. Self-gratification. Yeah. No, it's not. It's it's different, though. I mean... It balances off your intensity. It balances off the insanity and the intensity right. of the project and right. the things That's that you're right. doing. Right. Like you do something purely... Um, uh, What's the word? Um, Recreational? Yes. It's a pure recreation. Balances the intense, important, you know, meaningful work. Right. You want to do something that's for no good reason at all. Right. So that that psychology led you to what car? 
and where and how. Well, Paul knows about it because he was there when I was presented with the opportunity. That is true. We were having a coffee at the absolutely unbeatable Cafe Lux. In Malibu? In Malibu. I love that place. Great team. The co- coffee, it, it is so worth getting in your car and driving there. Boy, they really do. These, this, this whole coffee world, this is coffee 4.0. 1.0 was Maxwell House. 2.0 was... Uh, Mr. Uh, coffee? <laughs> Mr. Coffee. <laughs> then Howard Schultz. And now they, and they've gone to this level. Schultzy. Anyway. And now Cafe Lux. Cafe Lux. And each time the coffee gets more expensive, yeah. we say this is it. Anyway, so I have all these cars, and I love them all, and I recently started really reading, I, I read somewhere, or maybe I watched a doc on Ferdinand Porsche, the father, Ferry's father, and what a, he was a true nut, nut, you know, probably deeply into the spectrum, a mad genius, you know the story that he was when he was 16 he figured out how to get electricity into his house in Austria in like 1870 his father comes home one night and the entire house is lit up as a 16 year old he figured this out a generator and wired it up somehow nobody had electricity and the story of them inventing this VW and how they did it he did it in his little shop and this concept of a small flat engine in the back so that there's room in the front and this, the aerodynamics and the, the packaging practicality and the efficiency, air-cooled, no, no, um, um, no. drive shaft, uh, all these things. And uh, so, so incredibly ingenious. I always mark up your couch. And um, if you think about a world that didn't have the VW Beetle in it and think about what it would take to think of that, you, you really then you, you, you appreciate what uh, an incredibly inventive, creative idea it was. So I, and I love the story of this bombed out factory, the war's over, 1945, the Brits and the Americans, they kind of think, well, obviously these cars are worthless. Obviously this thing is just, we're just going to raise it to the ground. But while we're here and to get around this country that we just, uh, that we're occupying, why don't we throw a few of these together just to get around? So they did. So they put together a thousand cars and they find that their people like them and they're good cars. And they make more, and they make more. And then, of course, everybody knows the rest of the story. But I love that moment of, well, obviously this car is useless, but let's, as long as we have all the parts, let's throw a few of them together. And that's how the VW company began. So I always wanted an example of that moment when they were just starting to put them together to see, just to use to get around. After, right after World War II. So this guy, a friend of ours, had a 46 VW. I, I can't go any earlier. I, mean, I get uncomfortable with the... Uh, I'm just not comfortable. Really? Yeah, that's where I draw the line. Except for the fact is, you just said the parts were, were laying around from yeah. before yeah. the end. Yeah, but it was after VE Day. 
I, I draw a line <laughs> There's there. There's a line yes. there is There's what you're line. saying. I draw a line of VE day. So after VE day, you can yeah. feel good about buying after a German After the cars. unconditional surrender, I am comfortable. All right. Just, that's, a good, that's a good little uh, line there for everybody, for listeners. <laughs> don't, don't be buying before VE day. Yeah, don't buy anything built before VE day. So <laughs> I bought uh, the 46 VW. I haven't seen it. I've just wow. seen pictures of it. Mm-hmm. And I just, and I remember this is three years before <clears throat> the first Porsche, two really, which came out June 8th and of 48, and then the Gamuns were 49. Three years before the Gamun, this was built. And this is the car that led to this entire thing. All this GT3 crap, it all started from that little car. Wow. So I thought I, I, that should be in my group, uh, uh, that car. That's a fantastic story. Yeah. And when I think of Ferdinand, I think... For him to come up with this car when he touched so many of the top line racers in pre-war, the the preeminent marks, the biggest, the auto right. union racers, Austro the SS, Daimler, Mercedes, yes, the Mercedes, the big big Mercedes pieces, mm-hmm. and so he went to the complete other end of the automotive spectrum with this um, people's car. The efficiency. What is yeah. the most efficient way? to get people around. What can we build that will be sturdy, economical, practical, inexpensive to buy and produce? Not that I want to talk about this before the line, but one of the indicators in 1930s Germany of wealth was the lack of cars per capita in comparison to the United States. And one of the goals in the creation of, of the of the Volkswagen of the Beetle was to bring around the same per capita amount of cars ah. in Germany in the United States, and and that's one of the the predicates to building this. Right. This so car. this particular car was owned by uh, U.S. Armed Forces in Germany. They used it. Wow. And however it got here, I'm going to try and get some history on it. I'm sure I won't be able to. Those cars are just... But you did you have the car checked out? Did you have I did. I had a, uh, uh, a guy who specializes in these 40s VWs, builds them. Those, you ever heard of a beast cow? Have you ever heard of a, no. be, a beast cow? Mm-mm. It's one of those coach-built. It has VW underpinning, but it's huh. a coach-built body. They're kind of right. cool. And uh, he There's, he knows it, all about these how cars. How do you find a guy who knows all about you this You call car. a VW shop, a really good VW shop, and say, do you know anybody that knows about early VWs? He, he will. <laughs> Everybody knows. <laughs> how old was this guy? I didn't meet the man. <laughs> we hope he was 100. Technically, blind. Have you ever been offered a pre-VE day i had a fascination with the schwimmwagen for a period of time because i thought i would love to drive into the water yeah it is just fun. keep Go going away i've yeah. done just wave at your family You've on done the that? Beach. in an amphibious car yeah it's very off-putting an amphicar an amphicar yeah it's, it's weird it feels really weird <laughs> yeah and the moment you we did it on car matchmaker and we did it at a lake and it was still somewhat terrifying just going from sand to water is the weirdest feeling in a car and then the geese and the duck, dirty <laughs> duck water and your car, it's bad. It's not, a, it's none of it's good. Um, why don't you have this car? Isn't it nearby? Yeah. It just we can get it been, tomorrow. Yeah, why don't we go pick it up? Aren't you excited? Mm-hmm. Don't you find, you know, most of us, when we buy something, we want it immediately. 
He likes to hold off. You Jerry, Jerry, I know. He's, he's interesting. What is that? Explain that to us. I like to expand the 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 moment, the acquisitional moment. Why? Because it's the great joy. That's the greatest moment. The the. I, uh, you see something you like, you decide you really like it. Then you decide you're going to make a move on it. Then you make the move on it. Then you uh, uh, a deal is reached. All of these are great steps. Then there's the moving the car to where you are. Why? Why shorten any of that? This is like tantric sex without. Yes, the sex. exactly. <laughs> it's tantric car buying. This is uh, wisdom from many, many car purchase, purchases you, on how to savor, I think is what you're saying, yes, savor, the nice yes. parts of the experience. Yeah, it's all nice. Is I any, have, of, it, is any uh, of it fear-based? Do you ever worry <laughs> that you're going to drive it and hate it and, and you're a little afraid to drive it? No, I just, I, I don't want to, yeah, if it happens too fast... Uh, yeah, there's a chance that you'll get that convulsive, which you almost always get anyway. What what do we call that when you get something new? Yo, that you always instantly hate it, the hate yourself. Lose. No, and you go, why did I do this? The instant, the regret. You, yeah, you feel why regret? Always regret is at first. Remorse. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a couple days of remorse. Buyer's and, remorse. What, what what did I need this for? Right. Yeah, and that usually and, starts to fade. You know, the second or third day. Yeah. The first drive can be really scary. And I don't go, usually I do? buy things that I'm not going to drive. Right. Which I I don't think I'm going to drive this. But right. I just felt historically it was something incredibly interesting and significant. I, just, I, I mean, if you look at this crazy story and to think that they're still building flat uh, cylinder arrangement rear engine cars started in 38 this is 22, 80 years. And it's, what it's, color is it? It's black? It's dark blue with a gray interior. It's, it's wow. kind of nice looking. We could have the greatest three-car VW drive then because you've got this very early car. Yeah. You've got the police car. Right. right. And then you've got one of the last ones. Did you, you have a, a, no, a very what, the late? the Mexican ones? Yeah, a very late one. I have a late 77 German right. build. Really nice car. Yeah. But I don't think, you, you, this is not for you. You don't look good in it. That, you won't that, feel good in it. I I prize humility. Oh, boy. Here we go again. <laughs> you prize arrogance, prideful, a vengeance, sloth, he's and gluttony. Now. All seven deadly sins, he's looking at me. I've just been beat down. <laughs> I'm like Gandhi. You yes. yes, you're I you and you you're wearing you're wearing a loincloth and spin, spinning your own yarn. Jerry's gonna need to keep his new Volkswagen Nazi mobile clean year round he can use three oh three cleaners and protectants. Three oh three's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives your German automobile professional protection and a simple to use spray formula. Keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months. Gives you an insane level of depth and gloss. We, I, I am telling you, you guys know this. I use it all the time now because of Bill's uh, giant tree of birds that go to the bathroom on your car that have made our Sunday car show even more stressful. Um, and I come home from that and use my 303 line of graphene products, mostly that nano spray coating. Um, 
That that nanospray coating gives me professional protection, gets rid of all the bird droppings. 12 months of protection, as a matter of fact, an insane level of depth and gloss, and it works. I don't even know what graphene is. I know I can't live without it. Uh, check out uh, 303's line of graphene products at Advanced Auto Parts, Walmart, AutoZone, or go to 303radio.com for more information. Thank you, 303. So we have a lot of questions. I know, but we can, but, we can but wait. Before we get to that, All right. I think we got to do a little longer show tonight because okay. I feel like it's going by too fast. But Zuckerman, is, before we he went go. on the air, was talking that he has some, he's flirting with a couple of 356s that have come into his orbit. This would be, But he doesn't like to talk about so it. So this is a very good instinct, Jerry. Let's work these cars live. Let's. I let's don't want show... to bring it up live. I don't want to. Why not? Well, I don't. You don't want have it. to. You can give us general yeah, ideas. You can keep and, it general, and we can help you with it. But this is a question we get asked all the time. How do you guys decide? How do you pull the trigger? And I always say the same thing. I talk to you guys. I talk to friends, and they help you uh, not make mistakes. Not a hundred percent. You'll make mistakes, but. You, there's something about talking about these things and also the uh, the model in your collection that we can see that you can't see. And we know more about what you buy and drive and don't drive than you do. Well, I know what my mistakes are, and I sometimes enjoy my mistakes. We can start at that point. But I'm a secret buyer. You know this about me. Yeah. I like to be a sneaky. I, I still have a little sneakiness about me. Right. I like still? To, a little. Yes. I like to be a little sneaky. <laughs> really? I like to. <laughs> we didn't know that. Yes. And I like to find something, and I like to do it, and I like to get it, and then well, present you, it to you. You're yeah. the right. one who mentioned fun. it. Yeah. Just give us some. Uh, okay, tell one, us a little I did bit that about with the blue sixty four C. That's right. Yeah, there's a little fun in that. And plus, yeah, there is. There plus, is. I also like. I know that I'm doing. I always know I'm doing something impulsive and stupid. <laughs> a lot of times, and I and I do enjoy being stupid. And you don't want anyone telling you that you're being stupid. Right. I and get so, that. We're not going to tell you you're stupid. And this is why, whenever Jerry calls me, I tell him, you know, I can be reasonable, or I can be the guy I like to be, which is to co-sign and encourage you in your behavior. I want to be your lower companion, Jerry. Right. I want to encourage you to be bad right. and, and to do things. But there are cars you okay. don't want to see your friends buy. All right, one of them they're is both, a late... They're both 356s. And, yes. Okay. One of them would be a 4Cam. Mm-hmm. Wow. Original 4Cam? Original 4Cam. You got my, inter- my interest. Okay, we're quiet. Early plane bearing. I don't care okay. about that. Okay, Early plane bearings. That would be 57. A little later than that. 58. And the other one would be almost as close as you can get to a gamote and not be a gamote. Really? Really? Split window? Yes. Really? Mm. Four digit. Talking a lot of money here. Well, neither of those cars sound cheap, do they, Jerry? Hmm. So one of them Coupe or convertible They're both coupes They're both, both coupes Now one of them Really drives One of them Is really beautiful And is at the very beginning Of Of this line I'm not going to get a Gamone. One is a preservation car, you're saying? I'm not, it's not is... preservation. It's been. It's, it's not that original, but it is a very, <clears throat> very early car. All right, I, I have some opinions. I have some opinions. 
That didn't take long. No, because I've seen Zuckerman buy things like this before. What's that uh, car you have in your hangar there? The Lancia? That you never... Ever. That's a wonderful car. I and love I that. But he never drives it. No, you know what? I have to do a couple of things. And, and because I'm so busy, there are two things I need to do to that car. Three. And I would drive you it still all don't the drive time. It. No, you I would don't. drive it all the time. It's I not would. a driver. You drive your M5. Oh, it is a driver. You drive your M5 a lot. You like to be comfortable. You love that new what 993 cab. The E39? The What's that one? little white car you have? Yeah. The white BMW. That yeah, the goes. E39. Yeah. That thing. I drive that long distances. Yeah. Right. You like it. You yeah, like yeah. to be comfortable in your car. Which is the better driving car? Well, the and then you will have your be answer. Better driving. That is of your course. car. That well, is but, your but that's car. not. But Jerry, I think would think that there's a, something valid about the other one. The thing about the other one is that the thing that would justify the purchase of a split window is if you had somewhat of a lineage of the story of the 356. It's nice to... I. One of the things I really love is when you can kind of tell a little story. Like they started making it here and then it went to here and then it went to here. And when you can sample those different things, for example, a 70s 911, an 80s 911, a 90s 911. It's such an interesting progression of technology, style, of course, all with the same basic concept, but it's it's variations on the theme. It's, I find that very, very interesting, and it's you always want to go chronological. You always want to drive the early car first. You never want to go the other way. Then you drive the improved version, and then the improved version, and you get to, you get it to compress time. A lot of this car thing is about time a dominance of time which we cannot have in life mm-hmm. we can't control it can't stop it can't affect Go time back. in any way but with the cars we travel through time absolutely and we can compress a, a timeline so i have a split window um attached bumper 356 a 51 it's not a four digit car it's a five digit car but fish silver it's fish silver and the first time i drove it i it it actually brought tears to my eyes because it was such a fine uh, the the fineness of it and the elegance and the simplicity Mm -hmm. and the smallness the idea that they put this kind of workmanship into such a small unassuming thing just find that to be a very uh that's a bright spot in human nature and human character. You think I don't they, like the bigness, you know, the Ferraris and the SSK Mercedes. They, they, they offend me. And this is 1951. They have no resources in Germany. Right. And they are, and they are lavishing this attention to detail yeah. on that 51 with the wood the wood, the yeah, wood yeah, rims, yeah, the window sills, the window sills, yeah, with the radio, with the kind mm. of fabrics they're using on the seats. I agree with you. There, there is an elegance to this, to this very understated car. Well, but you're gonna, it's gonna be an infrequent opportunity that you're gonna drive it. It's. Which is my point. Yeah. Which is my point. But if you, but going to the, but a beautiful art object. And Bennett, but they uh, if they're if they're done well, they will drive well. I've driven mine up uh, up PCH to Malibu. It's no problem. But the four cam is a car that you can use a lot. And the to me, the complexity of the four cam is just about beats everything. If you like old watches, if you like metal on metal. 
there's just nothing like a 4cam. I, I find it uh, hypnotic. I find them hypnotic. This is going to be the title of the episode, The Car That Made Jerry Cry. <laughs> Did anybody see you crying in your yeah. car, Jerry? I didn't cry, but I just thought, oh, my God. The tears of Seinfeld. I, tears of Seinfeld. You know what Bob, I think of the moment Nothing else Patton. has ever made him cry but a car. No, nothing else. The night before a Patton, yeah. George C. Scott knows he's going into battle yes. in Carthage. He looks out at the open field, and he, and he, he says to... Uh, um, um, who, who was the guy who played his second in command? Who did all the, the uh, all the Amex spots with the, the guy with the big nose? Um, Carl Malden. Carl Malden. Oh, sister Jesus. Carl Malden. God help me, I love it so. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. And that's how I feel about the cars. God help me, I just love it so. There are moments in cars that you get emotional like this, that. We yeah. get them. Is, you know what? I, I don't know that I was. I had tears, but I felt very emotional when I drove the GT2 RS at one point. Sure. I just thought I never could own something like yeah. this. Remember when you yeah. when you had it and you let me drive it back uh, home for the first time? Sure. It's an, that's an went, emotional what car. What a moment. That's an emotional car. The yeah. 993, the very first, uh, no, the Boxster, the very first Boxster. Oh, yeah. I just thought, I've been working so hard waiting to get this for years. Yeah. And you get it. I did it. And it uh That was the ride I had emotional. in the 993 Cabriolet. That was just that perfect but you're, perfection. But you're talking about emotional because of how well the thing is made. And what it is. With well, the it was a beautiful, it was just, the dials were so beautiful. They were so elegant. And small, and they have those little eyebrows, those little metal yes. eyebrows for shade them in the sun. And I just thought, uh, it just suits my sensibility so well. I could never get into big cars, showy cars, loud, you know, 12-cylinder, all that racket and raucous, and everybody look at me. I just like the opposite of that. I like... Uh, it's the watch thing. You know, it's what do you like about a watch? It's a tiny, incredibly <laughs> precise thing. It's fascinating. Like I remember working on the show, and you were just starting to get into the old <laughs> stuff. And I'd look at it. Why does this guy's making all this money? Why is he buying the old car? <laughs> and look, why is he buying orange? And 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 then you know, I see people today who are starting to collect, and they they start in the same place. But as you're in this longer, you go older. You buy the older stuff. You start getting into the older stuff more yeah. and more. Yeah. Look what he's talking about right now. This guy. I'm kind of surprised. But what happens but what is, is that? Why do I'll we tell start you what to it go? Is. Why do we start to go to the old? It's cars? the same reason when you meet a successful person, you you want you say, "Hey, how did you start out in this business? How the hell did you get where you are now?" And that's what it is. You look at Porsche now; it's not that interesting. It's another giant company making tons of money. You kind of want to go to Warren Buffett. What was the first stock you bought? That's what's interesting about it. The, 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 the origin story is always the best story. Absolutely. And then you just start to seek it out as you get older. Yeah. Then you die. Yeah. And then and you die. Right when and you, then you die. But Tell us about the 4Cam a little bit. Is it a, G, it's a GS? GS. What color is it? <laughs> Aqu aquamarine blue. Ooh. 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 <laughs> That's a 58 uh, GS... 4Cam. That is a sweet piece. It is a sweet piece. <laughs> it is a sweet Red interior with the oh. oatmeal carpet? No, unfortunately. It's uh, beige? Red, yeah, beige. Red would be Is nice. this car on the East Coast? Of course. You, think I you, know, know, this you car. know this car. All right. Really? You better hurry All up right. and buy it. <laughs> 
I want to answer some questions. But if after, you miss it, let's but first. Yeah, let's talk about collecting cars because we're talking about buying cars, and they've got some good ones. Look at this: 2007 997 GT3. That's a great car. One you used all, to have one. One of the all-time great analog it. drivers, machines, fantastic 997 GT3. Currently live for bids on collecting cars. 409 horsepower, 3.6 liter Mesker flat six Mesker. There's a good shirt. Uh, this car was uh, had its last owner for 10 years, who serviced the car through the selling dealer, and now it's ready for you to use on the track. Closing for bids Sunday. What else do we have? Ooh, Zuckerman, look. 1990 BMW E30 M3, 36,000 KMs. Are you an M collector? Wow, this, this isn't a color photograph, but this car looks beautiful. What color is it? Uh, low mileage, S14 engine, 215 horsepower. Uh, for serious collectors, remarkably low mileage E30 M3 closes for bids Friday. Collecting cars is just jamming with good stuff. Um, their air cooled Sunday. Doing well. Yeah, yeah. Their air cooled Sunday was a big thing. Um, they had that Dutch police car on, like yours, right when we were driving your car. That was an amazing car. <clears throat> Jerry drove uh, his Dutch police car. Collecting cars, though, if you want to buy a car, you want to sell a car, you want them. Their listings are free. You can advertise for free to the world, and you got Chris Harris on your side helping you sell your car. Hello, Chris. Um, that Dutch police car you drove uh, inexplicably to the studio. Uh, I drove it to make <laughs> Susan Matheson happy. Sue Matheson, who does wardrobe on our movie, yes. But as a producer of the movie, we were not happy with you that you were driving a Diet Coke can to set and then working 14 hours. And uh, we spilled out of there at what, midnight that night? <laughs> yeah. And Jerry got in his little car and I uh, said, I'll, I'm going to follow you home. And I tried to clean the windshield with a, a makeup removing <laughs> cloth. I've got the other producers going, yeah, why is he driving that car? And I get, you know, he's got a driver. And I go, we like to drive. I go, I'll follow him so he doesn't get crunched, which provided them no, they, they, that did not make them happy no, because I just help. totaled my defender <laughs> two days earlier. And yeah, he's going down the road. I'm like, he can't see out of that. What has he got on his windshield? It was just mashed. It was like, I I put Vaseline intensive care on the windshield <laughs> to, to make it even it. worse. So he stops at a light and I get out of my car and he's out of his car. We're in, on, on La Brea or something. And I come around him to dump water on, but he didn't see me. And he goes, ah, <laughs> like who was out of their car? We could have been hit by a motorcycle. And then the insanity, that car was so funny on the 405. Like yeah. I was in my rental, uh, Velar and your car looked so tiny yeah. on that. We were on the 10. And the 10, that time of night, is madness. It's Just madness. madness. It's rollerball. It's rollerball. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's really crazy. Yeah. The 405 is crazier, even. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know. I know. I get yeah. jammed up. Well, we got a ton of questions. Let's do some questions. Let's do some questions. Uh, the listeners are obviously very excited to have you on the show. Isn't, isn't this four-digit car? Those cars are very, very pricey. Or well, okay, man, I'm not getting a gamoon anytime soon. A, they're not available. B, I'll never have that kind of dough. Do you realize? Not that we won't I'll be never. so gauche, but you probably have the best gamoon in the world. Uh, that I just stumbled into the oldest original condition Porsche in the world? Yeah, that's that's something. I mean, it's... Original, it's interior, original, everything. body, engine, everything. Everything. And those cars... To the, to the most of them are not complete, right? No, they didn't survive no. like yours, right? 
Right. Yours is, is from of all of the, you know, well, if there's 48 of them, whatever there are, I don't know how many are, are alive still. Half at most. Okay. You've got, so of all of these cars are unobtaining them. You've got the most unobtainable of all of them. Yeah. An original condition. Come on. Yeah. I posted wow. Jerry Seinfeld owns this car, the picture of your car today. Jerry Seinfeld is co-hosting tonight's show. Jerry Seinfeld loves to answer your questions. Leave them below. First commenter, Jessica Seinfeld. I have some questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's all she wrote. I have some questions. That you do. And then Tim Koo below responded to her. How do you react to all of the purchases? Is there any trade-offs to oh, you? Do that's you care? Hilarious. What is your favorite car to go into? Oh, that's so funny. She's not having any of it everybody's laughing but she's not having any oh, of it. but so what funny. about it does she like any of your cars yeah she does does she does she care about what you buy at this no, point no and how do you manage that manage what uh, you know <laughs> playing dumb over here manage what <laughs> she just wants you to be happy and that's like- right and, and, and i for her, and i want the same for her <laughs> <laughs> Does she? Do you ever buy her a nice old car? Have you ever done anything like that? that no, but I do pick all her new cars, and I just pick them myself. And I say, I'm getting you a car. She says, I don't want it. And I go, I show it to her. She goes, I don't like it. And she gets it and loves it. She has a Panamera Sport Turismo now that I bought a couple years ago. Absolutely in love with it. Wow. Straight Pipes. The Straight Pipes podcast or uh, YouTube show wants to know, if Jerry couldn't own a Porsche, what brand would he switch to? What's What brand would he drive and what brand would he collect? Well, obviously, the, the closest to Porsche in uh, um, philosophy and uh, would be Alfa Romeo. And that, that would be the car. And the other, the other brand that I'm completely obsessed with, as regular listeners know, is Morgan. Um, because these, these, those three companies to me embody the joy of pure joy of driving. Look, look at you, why, why the face? Why, why you have such a mocking face? Why? You are uh, obsessed, but you don't buy them. You, I am. I'm a Morgan about- owner and I'm in the Morgan <laughs> owners club too. I have a little membership card. I signed, I sent away and I said, I want to be in the club. I want the newsletter. That makes six of us. I love it. <laughs> You're always so sensible and reasonable, and then there's always these strange tangents. I was going to predict you would have said something reasonable like Mercedes. You like Mercedes? I like Mercedes. diesel Mercedes only because, again, we're going to go. I'm going to use the word humility. The diesel Mercedes, the the greatest engineering uh, minds of the time, building the most durable economical thing they can i think that's an interesting brief to give to those people and they built those indestructible mercedes and i find that fascinating right and what's indestructible about a morgan nothing 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 steve uh from jay leno's garage one of our listeners and one of our friends wants to know jerry do you uh what are your thoughts on the 97 boxster the original boxster Apparently, Steve and some of the guys at Jay Leno's Garage uh, or someone there has one and they're mocked for it. But what, do you, what are your feelings about that first Boxster? Uh, if I may speak candidly. <laughs> no one's you listening. You know, the Boxster show car designed by Grant Larson that 
debuted in 1993 at the Detroit Auto Show, was, is so magnificently proportioned, so beautiful. Still to this day, if you look at that car, it is one of the most perfect sports car designs, shapes. It's all about mass and uh, mastery of form and line when you design a car. And at the time, Porsche was so strapped economically, they knew they had to develop the Boxster and the new 911 simultaneously, and the front end had to be the same. They could not afford to do it any other way. And unfortunately, the first Boxster is just, it's a bit ungainly, compared to that show car. It was a very disappointing thing to the real Porsche purist that it didn't really look like the show car. It was exciting for a couple of years, but it aged. It didn't age well. It quickly started to look teeny and cheap. And then you got the next generation. You had a black Boxster S. That was a great car. Yeah, I had more fun in that first one. Really? Yeah, that drive we had back from Circle. Yeah, it was fun. That was a great Well, that was a very high-tech car. We hadn't ever had anything like that. With the top off. Mid-engine, and and the packaging was great. Handling was great. And right to work. I like any Boxster. All Boxsters are great. (laughs) Thoughts on driving gloves? Uh, a nice idea, but when you're seen uh, wearing them, it's, a, uh, it's an instant lose. <laughs> this is for all of us from Hugh Keller. Unless it's a Morgan on a cold, misty British morning. Right. Then <laughs> you can wear a cap. Yeah, a cap scarf. and driving gloves. Right. Drive right off a cliff. Uh, Hugh Keller, what is your favorite Porsche supercar for all of us? 918. Because he blows cigar smoke in my face. Take that as a commitment. Would you have bought one? Yes. I was all set up. I had the greatest deal on that car. You did not have a great deal. The lease payment was $25,000 a month. Okay, Holy they shit. Le- wait a second. They were not leasing these cars to anyone but me. They were willing for whatever reason. <laughs> that's they were a very afraid. big lease okay, payment for a I car. I didn't have 900000 laying around to, to pay. <laughs> this was a, But 900000 is a few months away. I would have gotten it. would have worked out. I would have gotten it. I would have gotten in, and I'd be ahead of the game today. You could do it right now instead of this 4Cam. Why don't you do the 918? Do you? What would you do with such a car? I wouldn't. I wouldn't do anything with the car, right? I wouldn't be able to sit in the seat. I, w- I would drive it as much as you do, which is barely. I, I have 3,000 miles on mine, which for me is a lot. Yeah. I, I said pre- I don't have it. This is I'm getting more currency out of not having it and blaming you <laughs> than actually <laughs> Between the 959, the Carrera GT, and the 918, hands down the Carrera GT for me. What about you guys? 918. 959. Well, I've only owned the Carrera GT. I can't. I haven't driven the other two. I can't sell. The Carrera GT is the most beautiful and the most thrilling, but the least usable of those three. Jerry, how would you describe, this is from Wurtz, how would you describe your love for the slant nose? What makes it so special? Do we need a new edition of it? Thank I think you. I've already discussed that earlier. But the look, but you talked about the driving of it today when we had coffee. The, what the slant nose is a, if you if you're a Porsche the guy look. and you've never driven a slant nose, the look down of the road is unbelievable. It is tr- truly the nose of a surfboard. And I agree. Wow. The build quality that they took those bodies yeah. in white and put them in Works One. Yeah. These, you know, these pre-505 cars, the ones that they, the Special Wishes cars, fantastically built and ferocious. Dumb question. And I'm sorry to ask, why did you sell? 
a moment of stupid, you know, stupidity. And you made money, obviously. Yeah, and I don't know. It was that was a beautiful car? You told me that the white was yeah. red. No, it was white with black interior, and I sold it. All right, which car? The slant nose I had. There's, I another, had that there's another one out there. There's another yeah. one out there. I don't miss that car, Zucker. I mean, I think that was the right move. Jerry, uh, Josh, and Steve want to know what was the worst joke you ever told in a set. Worst, I guess, meaning didn't really work, but. That's he hates that that's question. Stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Josh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jerry's always he like your listeners the only have the greatest <laughs> questions. Uh, not tonight. What is a uh, favorite nineteen seventies Porsche colors? Ooh, that's a good that's one. an easy one. Number and, one. I'll say greatest Porsche color of all time, 1974, one year only, Mexico blue. Number two, Viper green or tangerine? Tangerine for sure. Number three, Grand Prix white. Conda green. Conda green is nice. Viper is a little brighter. mm, I'm not sure about that. Um, Sean Aggie wants to know why are you drawn to Breitling watches? We all want to know that. <laughs> why Breitling? Same same reason I'm drawn to Porsche. A design design language of essence of elegance and functionality combined. Nothing stupid on the face of a Breitling. Not counting the stupid diamond encrusted crap that all these people have to make for their rich wives speaking of stupid what, what, to do what is that money. thing again where we could rum dum central if you're my you, emergency tube brightling yes yeah what, does that two, still work or no oh yeah it works uh, i don't have it on right now but if i needed to be rescued <laughs> i could be rescued <laughs> with whatever my brightling emergency is, would you please activate it i will pay whatever the charge is it's no expensive. no it's, it's a lot of money it's 50 grand okay Imagine just to see if them show up i want i know no one's showing up let's do it on a podcast we'll sit here they'll come running in and their the chopper will land in your front yard nobody come in <laughs> nobody's coming <laughs> Nobody. Imagine the guy with his arm stuck between the rocks that had a sawed off. Imagine if on his other wrist he's got a Breitling emergency too, and he gets saved. That would be a great commercial. Starboy Christian wants to know what do you what is your favorite movie car? What car is it in a movie that made you nuts? This is for all of us. Well, there's an obvious answer. Is there? Yeah. Yeah. It's like great seventy S from Le Mans. Right. But yeah, that's pretty good. That I don't know how you beat that. Well, the Bullet Mustang Absolutely. would be one. The Bullet Mustang and the Bond uh, DB5. But which is your favorite? I, I would 70S. say the Bond DB5. Really? Yeah, just because I've loved that era of Bond so much. And I had no idea about any cars, and that just seemed beyond cool to me. What about you, Zuckerman? I'm pretty much with Jerry. You know, when 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 you're a kid, you see Q telling him how to flick, you know, this oil and darts yeah. or whatever, machine guns. Yeah. It's fantastic. And then I got a little older, and when the Lotus is going underwater, you go, you know what? This is just dumb. <laughs> this is, the Lotus underwater is, is where that franchise went wrong. Um, Snob Big P wants to know, uh, do you find any enjoyment in the maintenance process, Jerry? Of course, it's all. (laughs) Explain that to him. 
Well, look, it's it's the cycle of uh, human emotions. Uh, Spike today was we were talking about some work that he's getting done in the Zagato. You think you got your car perfect, then you realize there's three problems with it, and you get depressed. And you go, Jesus Christ, I put all this time and money into this thing, and it's not done yet. And you and you and you go through the depression. It's like the five stages of grief. And but then when you get it fixed, it's better than before the thing broke. You have an elation of fixing a broken thing. That uh, I, that's a big part of the hobby. So the maintenance is the same as the maintenance of your of your body. It's a pain in the ass, but ultimately satisfying if you can do it. I love it. I love working on cars. Yeah, I like fixing stuff myself. And oh well, that's the ultimate. That's did, the ultimate. What did I just do? I just had a car in your garage, and I was putting in radio codes. What car was that? Oh, your nine nine three. That was the blue. Yeah, blue nine nine three. Zuckerman was like, I'm getting the radio code for, uh, so, so you won't be able to use the radio. And, and I just went right into his front boot because I knew there'd be a card with a code in it. And I plugged it in and it worked, Zuckerman. 1802. If anybody no. ever steals my <laughs> blue 993, it's 1802. <laughs> uh, when worst. I was a kid and I had a Fiat 128 Sport and then I had a Fiat 124, I did all the work. I took the steering apart, the brakes apart. And when, if you could fix something yourself... That is a unique. Uh, it's we have a word for it. Spader mats. Well, that's just Jane Spader put mats in his car. Yeah, and felt like he had a new car. When you f- actually fix something as small as a bulb somewhere, that's a much higher high. When you know you fix like something that's broken. Yes, yes. that's the highest high. That's why we wrench on cars. But more often than not, I ruin my car and then have to send it off rather than uh, fix it. So I don't get that high. Um, I can't believe we're having ice cream sandwiches after yeah, this. Yeah, we're going to do that. Oh, every, a lot of people want to know what kind of music you listen to. Catherine T. is. What is Jerry listening to when he drives around? Oh, I don't like to listen to music if I'm driving something uh, classic because I just want to hear the and feel the car. Uh, you listen. To Otherwise, Beatles. a lot of Beatles, a lot, a lot of, of Steely Dan. Right. Uh, I love Duke Ellington, Count Basie. I don't know. You know, a lot of Sinatra. Sometimes. How do you decide where a car lives? That's a good question. That was a good one. You have? Uh, did you read these? I read. I, There's I, so I many through, questions but that, here. But the one: How do you decide if, whether a car is out on the island or in LA? Well, yeah, you I'm live gonna, in. I'm going to tell you this right now. Let's go back to your uh, 356 situation. I have my 53 Super out here, which is a wonderful car, 1500 cc, 75 horsepower. But it's a 53. It doesn't belong here. It cannot compete well enough with LA traffic, even on PCH. I would. It's just not enough car now. A later 356, no problem. A B or a C or or that four cam you're talking about, no problem. But an early 50s 356, it's just overmatched in traffic. It's it's you're gonna feel scared. See, this was gonna be my question for you because I can't remember a time since the 90s that you've been out here this long for this many weeks around your collection right what are you right. what are you now seeing in your collection because you must be seeing it differently right now you're seeing it daily you're driving it a lot more are things changing for you um it's it you know what it's getting me through this experience the same way it did in the 90s i can only drive something interesting on the weekends because work is you know you're just tired and and you, and you need to get to work and you 
I, I can't put any focus on driving. But thinking about the weekend coming and that we're going to go for a drive is absolutely. I you, you're swinging from vine to vine, you know, uh, <laughs> just to get that there. car. I'm thinking like I can't wait for tomorrow. We get to drive again, and then I'll be ready for work Monday. I'll and have had that fun for a work car. That was my follow up. What is the criteria for the work car where you have to get up early and yet you're driving home late? What cars do you pick in that scenario? I, I think a uh, later uh, manual transmission car is a great way to go to work because you do want some distraction. Right. Unless you're totally wiped and then, then you don't want to shift. But I want to I wanna drive a manual transmission on the way to work because then I look forward to driving to work. And what car is that? Oh, I'm driving the 718 Spider a lot, most of the time, as you know, With the top uh, which down. is a fantastic car in traffic, and I love the size of it. I'm, not a, I'm, not, I'm still having issues with the 992 size. I very rarely drive it. Mm. In Hollywood, is the streets are tight, and that car is just too big for me. But what's kind of fun, Zuckerman, is every once in a while, I get behind him at the same time. In the in the touring or something, and we're having old fashioned races. <laughs> <A duel>. <laughs> it's fun. It's super fun. Not like, like going over Laurel Canyon nope, or Coldwater. It's not the same. Yeah. Um, this is good. This is a good question from Christian Godby. What caused the creation of the cinematic masterpiece that is B movie? <laughs> uh, was I was talking to Mario Joyner one day that I had been watching a documentary about bees. And the elegance of their social structure, uh, the division of labor, the complexity of their manufacturing process of the honey, and how incredibly perfectly organized it is. The, the, the pollen, the bees that go out to get the pollen, how they tell the other bees where it is and how they all work together. It's the, it's the most perfect society of living things on earth and the most complex. And it's flawless. No bee looks at another bee and goes, why does he have that job? I should have that job. <laughs> and we started laughing about it. And then uh, through a series of other circumstances, I ended up having dinner with Steven Spielberg. And there was a lull in the conversation. Do you know this story? There was a lull in the conversation. And I said, I had an idea the other day of doing a movie about bees called Bee Movie. And he said, we're doing that movie. <laughs> and the next thing I knew, I had a deal to make the movie and not a clue of what the hell to do. No, you called me up. Yeah. He goes, we're making an animated movie about bees. It's called Bee Movie. And I go, great. When do we start? No one in history has pitched a movie like that and yeah. sold a movie like that over dinner. It's the wrong way to do it, by the way. Don't ever make a movie like that. <laughs> we're doing it right now. No, we're not. We had a story first. Come up with a story before you say, I want to make a movie. That's a good tip for you budding screenwriters. Come up with a story before you make the movie. That's very good. This one's for all of us, Zuckerman. Uh, why don't you start? What is the best impulse buy that you've ever made? Oh, you bought one. it impulsively and it actually worked wow, out. Wow, that's a great question. Oh, gosh. Let Jerry go because everything I buy is impulsive. <laughs> I've never really thought So what's your biggest winner? The Mercedes 280? Yeah. That's your uh, You know what? But I, and just now, the 993 with the 100 miles was completely, that was over and done. I got, I was at lunch. Somebody sent me, uh, this guy Shervanian sent me a, on Instagram, hey, did you see this car? 
and within 20 minutes i owned it <laughs> and, and within another half hour after that it was dropped off it happened to be going oh, it boy. was going from scottsdale wow. up oh, to bad. up to uh santa cruz and i and the owner of the car i called him tim quack sister and i said what's the deal with that car and he says it's on the outskirts of la right now and it could be in your garage <gasps> in an hour <gasps> done wow that's you, cool that, that's like a mainline that. hit. Yeah. Oh, it hit me hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was once at Beverly Hills Porsche in the early 90s. The show was not really successful, but I had a show. 1992. I was in there getting a service, and they had two white cup cars. They go, there's a race series, a 911 race series just got canceled, and these four, there's 45 race cars that just got dumped, and we have to get rid of them, and we've got two of them. Do you want one? And I walked in, they were in the service department, and the guy said, uh, this one seems to be a little nicer, they have two of them there. And I said, yeah, I, they took me out for a ride, and it never had felt a race car on the road before in my life. It's very much like a, a 964RS, almost identical. And I said, yeah, I'll take it, and that, that worked out great. Yeah. And now you've bought that car back. To, I to, bought it back three times, sold it three times, bought it three times. <laughs> it's now out in the wild. I don't have it anymore, but I have. That's you an sold R it again? Yeah, yeah, I sold it again. Because I like the RS better. I, I don't know if it's better, but in my mind, it's better than the cup car. But they're great. Oh, wow. The ultimate 911, 964 RS or cup car. Zuckerman, I have to compliment you because that car had 100 miles on it. What made it special was that it had 100 miles and yeah. nobody's driving it. And you're driving it a lot, aren't you? I've, well, I've got it up to 450, I think, at this <laughs> it's, point. And, and the goal? Is to drive. I want 100,000 miles That's before so I die. Great. You see, listen to that. That's it. It's a great Whoever car. Whoever owned that yeah. car saved it for Zuckerman. Zuckerman worked his ass off to pay for it. Now he's going to enjoy the wine. He's going to drink it. That's well, you, what you do with these cars. You, you really find them and drive them. back through time and, to, and, and, and grabbed a brand new car from 30 years ago. That's amazing. 25. That's inspiring. 26. I'm getting emotional. And it works. You realize I started my practice right about that time. Right. When I went into business on my own. Yes. And I said, in 1996, I went, this car is in 96. I made yeah. $7,500. That's what my take home was. The, the idea that I a could year? own a year or yeah. a week, a year, and I then I had to, I had <laughs> oh, nerve, a minute, I, and then, I, <laughs> then at the end of the year, I had to go to the shrink and get and get nervous pills. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a box of nervous pills. <laughs> yeah, when you get nervous, it was written them. on there with magic marker on masking yes. tape. Knock yes. these pills up. I was quaking like a chihuahua. This isn't going to work. Wow. Well, I'll posit this theory while we're here, which I've already kind of stated. All of this stuff is the frustration of humanity that we have no control over time. And the classic car hobby gives us a way to, in some ways, manipulate time. Yep. That's what Great. it's about. Yep. Mine is the, uh, the old Land Rover. Bought it by mistake, eBay auction, bidding while I was writing a script. <laughs> and then won it. And, and the surprise regret uh, was caught by my wife who walked in the door and she saw my face. She goes, what did you just buy? <laughs> it was her best detective work ever. And I said, uh, but, uh, did you buy that truck? And it was that old Land Rover. And uh, I love that thing. 15 grand? No, it was six grand. 
Six grand. I had just bought eight ball too. I had no business buying anything. Wow. And then the truck, uh, I called the guys. I said, I didn't even look at this. It just looked great. And they go, it's really not a good truck, but it's down in Sherman Oaks. It was right next door to eight ball where it was being worked on. And I've been so happy with that truck ever since. It Love works out. Thing. It works out every once Sometimes. in a while. Sometimes. Well, that's our show, gentlemen. But there was one more. There was one question I really liked. Go ahead, ask it, and, and then we'll Jerry, go out on what it. car do you like? What's your favorite car to drive through a tunnel? <laughs> I like loud, exhausty cars through tunnels. I deep, don't, deep and breeze. I hate the guys that do. <laughs> a stupid, another stupid question. <laughs> you're Thank ch- you, Zuckerman. You're, you're channeling you Johnny Lieberman. So stupid. You're channeling Johnny Zuckerman. What happened? Stupid. We had a good ending there. And now what? You ended it on your, your tunnel madness. <laughs> What's your favorite tunnel car? <laughs> yeah, why don't Tell you us. rev the engine at a red light, too, and impress everybody? Vroom, vroom, vroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jerry, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. The listeners love it that you're taking time out of your busy week after performing all day on stage. It's, it's great to talk to the... Uh, similarly afflicted that's what we hear all the time that's the feedback i get all the time is that uh boy jerry's just like me just like me you guys what you're just like me yeah that's why we make the show fun to show you we're just as sick as you are out there (laughs) we love you it's a a good problem thanks for uh sending in questions we'll see you next week on spikes car radio thanks for listening to spikes car radio brought to you by hangar 56 Listen to new episodes every Wednesday and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.